This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the history of America started out with the belief that this could be the great melting pot with people from different cultures coming together, living with one another and developing a great culture. And with a few exceptions that has occurred. It was also referred to as a quote-unquote experiment. Well, that experiment continues today with various challenges arising. Carlisle Group co-founder and co-chairman David Rubenstein has penned the latest in a series of books looking at how America continues to develop. His new book is titled The American Experiment, Dialogues on a Dream, in which he talks with numerous well-known Americans about the development we've seen in the United States. David, great to have you with us for a few moments. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And these not only have to be challenging to write, but I would think exciting as well to discuss with so many people where our country has gone from and where it is right now. Sure. Um, Clearly, uh, it was an experiment to create a representative democracy. Nothing like that had ever been done before. Many of the founding fathers didn't think it would last more than 20 years. They would all be astounded to come back today and say that uh, to see that nearly 250 years after the country was started, the basic governing document is still operating, though we've had challenges along the way, and we've had a lot of stress tests, the Civil War being the most visible one, but we've had stress tests recently and through COVID and through the election uh, protests. Yeah, and this has probably been one of the more challenging periods we've seen in the last several decades, probably, I would imagine, since the late 60s in terms of cultural divide. Yes, the Vietnam War divided the country bitterly very bitterly. Today, though, it's interesting. I doubt that many people think that the Vietnam War was worth fighting, though in those days many people did. Uh, Today, the country is bitterly divided between the far left and the far right, and there's no place in the middle for anybody. So people who are compromised don't have a big place to kind of go. And if you're a compromiser in Washington, you're considered to be uh, outside of your party, and therefore you're not really considered very powerful or, or real leader. Um, The stress test of the election, though, was really an incredible stress test because this country was bitterly divided in the election. It was very narrow in some respects in terms of of, of some parts of the vote. But uh, clearly what happened on January 6th is something we'd never seen before in our country's history. Yeah, talk a little bit more about about January 6th because it it certainly is something that is going to live in the minds of people for a long, long time and really the challenge to our democracy that, that came out of it. Yes, it's interesting how the human brain remembers certain things. Everybody remembers where they were when John Kennedy was assassinated or or where they were when 9-11 occurred. I think everybody's going to remember where they were when January 6th occurred because it was such an unusual event. And, and never could you imagine people storming the Capitol uh, and, and, and the government unable to prevent that. And uh, members of our Congress were almost you know, in danger of their lives being lost. So we still are living with that challenge, and I wouldn't say today that anytime soon we're going to basically put this behind us. It's going to be with us for a while. The, the interesting thing, I think, in, in the, the the list of people that you have uh, involved in conversations is the, in this book is truly part of kind of the American uh, the American success story. Is that you talk about so many different areas, uh, and there are people that are very knowledgeable about these areas that, that you can go to. Yes. I mean, I got a lot of experts in various parts of our American history, but also people who've lived the American dream, Cal Ripken or Sonia Sotomayor, Madeleine Albright, people like that, uh, Wynton Marsalis. And so it's a cross-section of what has happened to this country over the years, the challenges, the stress tests, and the successes. And it's designed to inspire people to think that if we come together, we can make America an even better country than it has been. Having such a, a cross-section uh, of, of thought brought into one book, 
did anything did you were you left with anything a, after doing this book and having all these conversations about where we are as a country right now on a variety of these different areas that you discuss in the book well i was uh disappointed that uh, we've had some of these stress tests recently and many people think that it's very unlikely we're going to be able to resolve some of these challenges to our country's democracy in the near future. But on the whole, we have to recognize that very few people leave this country. More people immigrate here than, than, than any other country in the world. It's still the beacon of liberty. It's still the country that people most look up to, the most influential country. But we still have a lot of poverty. We have a lot of homelessness, a lot of income inequality. So we have a long way to go to live up to the rhetoric of the founding fathers. I wanted to quickly touch on a couple of the interviews that you did, one being with Walter Isaacson in and around innovation. And I think a lot of people would say that innovation is something that is almost a bedrock here, uh, you know, since our country was founded, that, you know, we have been able to innovate on a variety of different levels. And even to today, in with the impact of the pandemic, we're still innovating in many cases at breakneck pace. Right. Remember, the country was itself an innovation, an, an, an idea of, of creating a whole country out of, out of, you know, an experiment to kind of create a country that was a representative democracy, an innovative thing. What Walter Isaacson talks about is that the country's had a perpetual series of great entrepreneurs who created incredible inventions that have, have fueled this country's creativity. We're the leader in technology around the world for at least a century and probably for some time into the future. And great entrepreneurs feel this country is a place where you can create and you can be rewarded for your creativity, whereas it's probably not the case in most other countries around the world. One of the other people you speak to speak to is Billie Jean King about the world of sport. And, and, and I get your thoughts on, on what she thinks about how sport in this country has developed, uh, especially over the last couple of decades, especially with her, you know, her influence uh, in and around women's rights. Well, she was a, a, a unique product. Most Tennis players were coming out of white-collar backgrounds or upper-income backgrounds. She came from a blue-collar background, very scrappy tennis player, one of the greatest women tennis players of all time. But she'll be remembered in history probably for not just being a great tennis player, but for fighting for equality for purses between men and women in terms of getting equal compensation and also for revealing the fact that she was a lesbian and that this was very controversial when she revealed it. And she's fought uh, to make sure that women of all uh, backgrounds uh, economic backgrounds, uh, sexual preference backgrounds are treated equally. You also talk with Madeleine Albright, and, and immigration is obviously a topic that has been uh, talked about a lot in the last few years. But it is, again, it's one of those core elements uh, going back to the days of, of people, you know, landing on the shores of the uh, of America. That it is it's a it's a key topic in and around the growth of this country. Yes. I mean, we have the country is a country of immigrants. Now, we've welcomed immigrants at some time. Sometimes we haven't welcomed immigrants. Uh, in the early days of the country, anybody could show up. When the country started getting people that weren't northern Europeans, uh, we put some constraints on it. And we still have some constraints on who can come into the country legally. But McBallan Albright is an example of the kind of uh, success you could have as an immigrant. She rose up to be Secretary of State and the first woman to be Secretary of State. And she came over here as an immigrant, as a teenager, uh, from the Czech Republic, or now uh, the Czech Republic was Czechoslovakia then. Is this country still as strong a land of opportunity as, say, maybe it was 50 years, 100 years ago? Maybe even more so because people are creating companies so quickly now and getting rich so quickly. It used to be that you would take a while to build a company and to make great financial success. Now things are happening so quickly, maybe too quickly. So I think it's the land of opportunity for those people who are in that world. 
But for those people that are homeless, for those people that have mental disease, those people that don't have Internet access, those people that don't have child care, those people that can't read, this is not the land of opportunity as much as, uh, as we would all would like it to be. What do you take away from doing this book? That a country is in reasonably good shape, but it's got some challenges in the future. But the people who live in this country really do love the country. People don't want to leave the country, but they just want to make the country better. But there's a big disagreement about how to make the country better. The left side and the right side of the parties, uh, the left side of the Democratic Party, right side of the Republican Party, just don't seem to be able to ever have any common ground. And if you're in the middle trying to reach a compromise between the left and the right, you get criticized and vilified. So it's a little treacherous to being in the middle. I, I, in doing this show over the last seven years, I am a believer in the fact that innovation is going to be able to lead us through a lot of these, a lot of these disputes. Where are you on, on the level of innovation we have seen in this country, especially in the last few years? Well, the level of innovation is incredible. Think about it. Uh, Today, can you get through the day without doing a Google search using your Apple iPhone or another smartphone without depending on some Microsoft product, without looking at Netflix, or without uh, uh, other kind of companies that we didn't even think existed before, concepts we didn't even know? Uh, so it's, it's amazing uh, what's happened. Electric cars are, are now a reality. Uh, just think about 20 years ago. If, you know, you, were, you, you, you didn't have the computer, you didn't have the personal computer, the, the, the smartphone. It's amazing what's happened in just a few years, and presumably the future will, will produce other great revelations and great technologies. But is this making people happier? Is it making everybody happier? Well, that's a challenge. I mean, not all the people are going along with uh, this great technological success. And some people are being left behind for sure. David, pleasure to have you for a few moments. All the best with the book. Thank you. My pleasure. David Rubenstein, Carlisle Group co-founder and co-chairman. The book, again, is titled The American Experiment, Dialogues on a Dream. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.